Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Kelly Starrett. And I'm Juliette Starrett. And you're listening to the Ready State Podcast. You got it! You better stop it! This episode of the Ready State Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Momentus. Now, before we got into the episode with Lauren Fisher, turns out she is also a momentous athlete. And I asked her, what are your favorite picks around uh, momentous? How are you using momentous to support your athleticism? And her choices are actually a little bit surprising. Only in that, of course, she uses the creatine. Of course, she loves sort of the collagen supplementation. But two things that she talked about have made a huge difference in her programming. And something that I've noticed about my own self is that I'm doing a much better job of eating carbohydrate with my protein after training. And Momentus has a great post-workout protein that actually has some carbohydrate along with some glutamine and some other kind of crucial uh, things that make recovery a little bit better. So if you find yourself in a place where, hey, I don't think I'm going to be able to eat right away, I would point you in that direction because we're starting to see our athletes who are getting their carbohydrate timing dialed in a little bit more after they train a little bit better. The second thing that she said was that she's noticed that when she adds in the fuel for some intra during workout carbohydrate, she's having better performance. Oftentimes, it's easy to end up in some intense training sessions and be a little bit carb depleted. Play around with momentous fuel, easy on your stomach, great sources, even has the beetroot for the nitric oxide. To learn more about these things, go to thereadystate.com slash momentous thereadystate.com slash momentous and use code TRS for 20% off your first purchase. This episode of The Ready State is brought to you by Virtual Mobility Coach. This may sound crazy, but last year, I kind of tried to clone my husband. Awesome. Only kind of though. You see, Kelly gets dozens of requests every day for help. And even though he wants to give everyone his personal attention, there just aren't enough hours in the day. So I typed in how to clone a human being into Google. Just kidding, but in seriousness, what we did do was create our virtual mobility coach platform. It's like having a virtual Kelly Star ad in your pocket. Which obviously everyone needs. I mean, that's right. I personally create over 600 mobility protocols for the virtual mobility coach. So the platform can help you with almost any movement problem imaginable. For example, let's say you're in pain. The VMC will show you a diagram of the human body. All you have to do is click where it hurts. And from there, we'll serve you up a customized pain prescription we call Mobility RX. The virtual mobility coach can also help you warm up and cool down when you exercise. Every day, we provide fresh pre- and post-workout mobilizations for more than four dozen sports and movements. Plus, on your days off, we even have a video called Daily Maintenance to help you relax and recover so you can get back 100% in record time. And best of all, right now, you can try Virtual Mobility Coach free for two whole weeks. So you can check out everything it has to offer without paying a penny. Claim your free 14-day trial of Virtual Mobility Coach now. Go to thereadystate.com slash free trial. That's thereadystate.com slash free trial. And we'll see you inside. At 28, Lauren Fisher has been one of the best-known names in CrossFit for quite a long time now. Over the years, she's collected top 10 finishes at the games, third place finish at the CrossFit Games on her team, and seven overall game appearances in total. At age 20, she represented USA Weightlifting at the Junior World Championships, as well as a recognized athlete in the sport of CrossFit Weightlifting. Lauren's versatility, determination, and boundless enthusiasm continue to make her a popular fan favorite. It's interesting because Lauren is one of the first generation of CrossFit athletes to come through in the modern time of CrossFit and the CrossFit Games, starting at 18. Through her own journey, she's founded her company, Grown Strong, and her mission is to challenge women to tap into their individual strength to see that strong is beautiful and giving up is simply not an option. Fisher's formula is a surprisingly simple one. Stay dedicated and work a little harder than everyone else. Successful follow. We caught up with her during a break in the middle of the CrossFit season. She's home in San Diego, but her current home is in Iceland training with the legends. Please enjoy this episode. Hey, Ready State listeners, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes to help others find our show. Lauren, welcome to the Ready State podcast. We're so stoked to chat with you today. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be on. So I'm going to just cut Kelly off right there and jump right in. <laughs> you started Typical. competing in the CrossFit Games in 2012, but I think at that point you were quite young. Tell us a little bit about sort of how you found CrossFit and how you started competing and what it was like for you. How did you kind of know at the beginning, you're like, oh, okay, I'm kind of good at this. Maybe I should be a competitor. 
So I started CrossFit back in 2008. I was like 13 or 14 years old, and I started training back at CrossFit 209. So with Gabe Subri and Vince Carter, OG, Gabe used to be a games athlete back in the day. Kicking it old school. Yeah, I remember Gabe. Exactly. And so I wanted an extra strength and conditioning program for basketball, and CrossFit kind of fit that narrative. Like I loved how CrossFit was challenging me every day, and I was like competing against myself to be the best. And it didn't really happen until maybe my junior year of high school was when I really was like, I really like CrossFit and I really want to get more into this. And Gabe Subri at the time was like, Lauren, I could see you competing at the CrossFit Games. And I was like, what is the CrossFit Games? And he ended up like telling me more about it. And then I ended up looking up to girls like Julie Fouché, Camille LeBlanc-Boisine, like Jenny LeBall, all those girls. And it was my senior year of high school is when I did my first CrossFit Open and I ended up competing in the 2012 regionals against like all the OG athletes. I mean, Miranda, Jenny, Annie Sakamoto. And I was like this young little girl against all of these like girls that I always Titans. looked up to. And it was, yeah. it was like so amazing to compete against them. And I took 12th place at that regionals and that kind of like fired me up. And then I ended up moving to San Diego the following year to go to college. And I ended up training at Invictus with CJ. And then I think from there, my career kind of took off. Let me ask you this. You're one of the first generation of CrossFit athletes who came <laughs> of age as a teenager and actually were exposed to CrossFit as a teenager. There's definitely, we're seeing sort of different results. Some kids are becoming super specialized very early in CrossFit. I heard you say that you were a basketball athlete. Did you do other sports in high school? And when did you stop doing those sports in high school when you discovered CrossFit? So I actually played volleyball my freshman and sophomore year. And then I played tennis probably my sophomore and junior. But basketball was my main sport. So I kind of did those. I did basketball and volleyball like in the off season of basketball because I didn't want to do the conditioning, which is kind of funny, you know, <laughs> when they have the off season conditioning and I didn't want to do that. So I played another sport because like I played for one of like the top level basketball schools in the whole nation. And so it was tough, like challenging practice practices and everything. But I played those sports and I played basketball my whole time at high school, but it was probably around my senior of high school when I was getting like scouted by colleges and I wanted to go on to play in college. But I was like, I'm just getting burnt out by basketball. Like I really like this CrossFit thing. And the funny story is, so one of my basketball games, my senior of high school, it was like one of the biggest games of the year. We were going to be on TV on ESPN, I think. And my coach, I told my coach, I was like, there's a CrossFit competition this weekend that I want to do. And I'm going to miss the basketball game. And he was so mad at me for missing the basketball game. He's like, what is this basketball going to do for you? And he ended up benching me for like the next two weeks after that game because I went to this CrossFit competition that I really wanted to do. And from there, I was just like, I want to do CrossFit. And that's kind of how it like all started. Did you get paid that weekend when you uh, when you went and competed? Did you get paid and win? No, I didn't get paid, but I think my team ended up podiuming. I just remember it was back at like, it was one of the competitions in Sacramento with Blair Morrison and like, I think maybe Ben Alderman. It was like one of those competitions. And I just remember one of the workouts had like, 300 double unders in the middle of like running and rowing. And I ended up doing all the double unders and broken. And everyone was like, who is this girl? Like doing all the double Why is she unders so and good broken. At jumping. Oh wait, she plays basketball. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if your coach still follows you now. And it's like, damn it. She was right. Yeah. 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 That basketball coach. He, he he actually still follows me and he's like super proud of everything I've done in CrossFit and my whole high school is super supportive. Like they're all like super proud of everything I've done. So it's definitely like, kind of paved the path for my career in CrossFit. Coach, if you're listening, shouldn't have benched your star athlete. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, whatever, whatever. Um, okay, so the other thing that happened to you, because I feel like you sort of rose up and or started to rise up in CrossFit, right, as Instagram was also a thing. And so I feel like you sort of blew up on Instagram one of the as first well. CrossFit I feel like Instagram you were really stars. like one of the first like CrossFit Instagram stars. <laughs> but I think at that time, maybe you were 18 and you're like a college student and training in CrossFit. What was that like? Like, or especially now that you're not no longer 18, you've had a longer career, you can kind of look back and you're more like a real life adult now. Like, what was that like for you? Was that weird or awesome? Or what was that experience? It's so funny how like, 
we call it like an Instagram star. And now all of a sudden, now we have these terms like influencers and people with the following. But yeah, man, I was on Instagram in the early days. So I had an Instagram back in high school. And then obviously my following really didn't start growing until I moved to college to train at Invictus. And in 2013 was when I started posting more on Instagram. And I just did it for fun. Like I just wanted to share my lifting videos. And I think back in 2013, I just kept like, PRing, like you're kind of like that young teenager, like your body doesn't hurt. Trust us, it was annoying yeah. to watch you PR every yeah, yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Every yeah, your day. Well, that's because your body's made of plastic at that point of your life. You're actually <laughs> made of plastic. Yeah. And so I was just like PRing all the time and people were like, wow, this girl is like really good. And it was like back when there was no really Instagram algorithm and my videos just showed to everyone and I just kept gaining followers. It was crazy. And I was just like, I honestly just posted for fun. Like I didn't do it because like I wanted to like gain a following. I was like, I just, I like this. I like sharing what I'm doing and I want to be like an inspiration to others. And it really kind of blew up. And I think it was just, it's funny to look back because I remember there was one of these college parties. I had like 10,000 followers and my friend and I, we were going to get kicked out of this college party. And I went up to the front of the line. I was like, Hey, I have 10,000 followers on Instagram. Can we get into this party? And they ended up like getting me into the party because I had like 10,000 followers on Instagram, which is kind of funny looking back. But yeah, it was weird and it was funny all looking back. But I think now as an adult, I mean, Instagram is just it's a love hate relationship. Like I sometimes do not enjoy social media. And I think so many people probably looking at my social media, think like I do enjoy it. But it's just it gets really hard when you constantly have to share things. And then there's always negative people talking down on you. And it just gets to be something it's just it gets harder and harder. It's funny, we've seen a trend. What's remarkable is you were one of the first sort of in CrossFit, even first generation of athletes to become sort of talk about, be transparent on social media and have that be a part of the identity and also the way you fed yourself through sponsorships. And I mean, you really, I don't think people realize that you were one of the very first people and people were very resistant to going on Instagram because we had Facebook and we had YouTube. I, I was on Twitter heavy and Julia's like, you should really get on Instagram. I was like, Twitter's everything. Instagram is nothing. I know. Now you don't even like open your Twitter anymore. <laughs> I go on you Twitter to make sure, Twitter, make sure there's, like no, two times there's no dumpster fires. But now we're starting to see this generation of athletes and coaches like you who have good livings on Instagram, but suddenly are getting crushed by the TikTokers. Have you made it over to TikTok? Because we've heard really superstars complain about this young generation of TikTokers. And I'm like, you sound exactly like the people who are kvetching about the young generation of kids on Instagram. Have you made that switch over to TikTok yet? Or does it just feel like it's incessant? I wish that I made a switch to TikTok earlier than I did. I made it a little bit too late because I feel like now all those people who made it early have like a really large falling. Now that's kind of bad to say. I'm like, I wish I would have made it to TikTok earlier because it would have played more in my favor. But I think TikTok, like when I first looked at it, I was like, this just doesn't look like my style. Like I'm just like, there's like, there's no reason why I want to be on this platform. But as I soon started like watching it more, it is a really fun platform. Like it makes me laugh. And Annie and I have actually, we started doing now our team doing some of those like TikTok dances or like those fun videos. I think it's just a fun way to be like a little kid again, almost. But I still feel like Instagram is more of the platform where I provide that like inspiration, positivity, sharing educational content. And I feel like TikTok, you actually can share that educational content. You can actually learn a lot on TikTok. It's just a different style of learning. Like it's very short and to the point. And Instagram, I feel like you can kind of get more in depth. So I mean, yeah, I've, I'm on TikTok. You can follow me at Lauren Fisher with three R's. I need to somehow get at Lauren Fisher, the real name. <laughs> the person who has it, has not posted a thing. And so if anyone on listening to this can help me with that, that'd be awesome. I like to point out to my children that I, as because I'm an adult, I watch all the TikTok kind of viral videos on Instagram reels two weeks after they're, they're hot, like an adult. I mean, that's like a grown ass man does, right? I'm still yeah, like, yeah, I, I wait till it all makes over to Instagram. For better or worse, we're on TikTok now and I have seen your team dance videos and they're adorable. And I so, do, um, I do, them up. 
we do appreciate to see the goofy side. Sometimes your life is austere sometimes and very difficult. People don't quite get that. And we're going to get into that, especially with uh, Yami's programming. But um, it is fun to watch you guys mess around a little bit. I know how goofy you guys really are. I think it's kind of funny, too. It was around the quarterfinals, so I don't know if you guys followed along with the quarterfinals, but our team took like a hundredth in the first workout of quarterfinals, and everyone was like, oh, they're doing too much TikTok that they're not taking this seriously. Like, I thought they were the team to watch, but they're doing too much TikTok. And then all of a sudden, we ended up like doing well in every other workout. And then everyone still, of course, like said those comments. And then we went to semifinals and took first in every workout. And Khan was like, oh, too much TikTok now. We're still like obviously doing well. But it was just, it's just kind of funny how people make those like negative connotations just because we're having fun doesn't mean we're not training hard. I mean, if you look at any professional sports of the teams in the locker room, especially like the Golden State Warriors, those guys are like goofing around, having a fun time, dancing, like they're having fun. Like if you're too serious, it's going to play over to your actual like competition and you going like if you're too serious, it's not going to be fun. And we're having fun. And that carries over to us out on the competition floor. Do you personally feel like you ha- there was a moment, because I heard some real wisdom in there, and we, some of the best coaches in the world, like Anson Dorrance of UNC, really, they train intensely, but then they're goofballs off the, the court, and they do a lot of playing off the pitch. Did you ever feel like you made that mistake where it felt like it, you had to be serious, and it, like there was not sort of the element the of joy, play and the joy play in and joy. I actually talked with Annie a little bit about this. I felt like last year before the West Coast Classic, I was competing individually and I just was so serious. Like I just had my headphones in. I didn't really want to talk to any of the other girls. Like I was so nervous on the inside and I was just like so serious. And that's like not who I am. Like I love laughing. I love having a good time. Like I love having fun. And that's what I do every day in training. But it's like, why then in competition do I have to turn into like this serious Lauren? And even like my fiance Rasmus was like, Lauren, you just need to have fun. Like you need to like loosen up and have some fun. And I ended up hurting my elbow at West Coast Classic last year in the first event. So obviously that's not fun. But it's just, it goes to say like, maybe if I wasn't so serious or I don't know, it's just like, if you're too serious, it's going to carry over into the competition. And like, you need to be who you are. Like some people that works for them, maybe they are a little bit serious before the competition. They like to be a little bit more serious towards training, or maybe you're like more of a goofy person and you like to have fun and be a little bit more lighthearted. And I think that's me. And it definitely like carried over to this weekend. Like I haven't had that much fun competing in a long time. And it was You've been like, doing this for over a decade. Yeah. And That's I've really been doing, a powerful statement. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just like, I just need to be who I am during training. And Annie and Katrin and I were just like, we're laughing so much during training and having just like so much fun. So I have to know because I don't want to focus on a negative like the TikTokers of the world, but I must know and I have to think other people who heard you say it out loud must know. What was the workout on which you guys got 100th? And I'll, I'll put it, the context here that, of course, I think of you guys as utter goddesses of CrossFit and exercise, but I have to know. We did. It was, so it was a shuttle run burpee workout. It was like shuttle run, 15 burpees over the line. And then it was like three shuttle runs, 20 burpees over the line, four shuttle runs, 25 burpees over the line. And it was like all synchro burpees over the line. And then two pairs did the shuttle runs. And the funny thing, we just over-strategized that workout. We were thinking about the standards so high. And I think it just like definitely did not play to our part because we were like, why did we like just like over-strategize a burpee, for example? And obviously we only had one shot at it. And then we ended up taking a hundredth place, which was, and I called Annie that day and we just like laughed. I was just like, I can't believe we just took a hundredth place. And the funny thing is we've done that workout now. Yami has made us do that workout three times <laughs> since we took a hundredth place. And now we actually have like a score that will put us around third place, but I think we're probably going to keep doing it until we actually can like get a first place score in that workout. Cause it's just like, we need to get better at burpees. And so it's a good workout for us to keep doing, but it's just like, now it's called the team CFR special. So if you see that in our program, we know we're doing the shuttle run burpee workout. Oh, it's so good. I do want to talk a lot about your move to Iceland and Yami and a bunch of the things you've already mentioned. But before I do that, One of the things as I was sort of reviewing your CrossFit career that I noticed or was reminded of is that 
you actually have gone back and forth between competing on a team and as an individual, which I think is, at least in my understanding, pretty unusual because it does seem like most of the individual athletes who switch to team, that's sort of their play from then on. I know you competed on a team in 2015, and then you went back and competed for quite a few years after that as an an individual. So I guess my question is sort of tell us a little bit about your sort of competition trajectory and your thinking around, you know, competing on a team, going back to individual, going back to team. So, well, 2012 was my first year, like actually competing. And then in 2013 was when I went team for like my first year. And I did that just because I was still really young. I was only 18 years old. And at the time, it was just like I wanted to get more competition experience. And so that's why in 2013, I did team. And then in the following year in 2014, CG at the time was my coach. And he felt like I was ready to finally qualify as an individual. And that's the year I went individual for the first time. And I took third place at the Southern California regionals and I qualified on and then took ninth place at the CrossFit games. So that was kind of like ending on a high that year. And then the following year I competed in 2015 at regionals as an individual, but I sprained my ankle really bad, literally like a week before the competition. Like my ankle was so swollen. Like I wasn't doing anything. I ended up uh, landing on one of the ropes during Tommy V. That was one of the regional workouts. On the second to last rope climb during our simulation, I landed my ankle on the rope. And so that year I ended up not qualifying simply because my ankle like I could like barely run in anything at regionals. Like I was on so much ibuprofen. And so that year at games, I ended up doing team because one of the girls, she ended up getting surgery or hurting her knee and she got surgery. So she was completely out. So I took her spot on the team. So the team could end up competing at the game. So that's why I went from individual to team. And then from 2016 to 2018, I was individual. And then 2019 was when all of the changes happened in CrossFit. It was very like, I was like very doubtful about like what was going to be happening that year because it was like 70 plus athletes qualifying onto the CrossFit games. And there was just like so many changes happening that that was the year I was like, I think it'd be more fun to do a super team and actually try to like get a really good team together. And so that's when I was on a team with Ras, my fiance, and then Tommy Venus and Reagan, and we took third place at the games. And then 2020, I was planning to do individual, but then COVID stopped my season because everything after December, you basically, if you didn't qualify for any, any of the competitions, then you weren't going to go on. So I was like, well, there goes my season 2020. So I didn't even get a chance. And then 2021, I didn't qualify at West Coast Classic. I hurt my elbow on the first event, the snatch ladder, and I ended up having to get elbow surgery. I tore the common flexor tendon at like the 155 pound bar. And I ended up competing the rest of the weekend on a hurt elbow. And literally, I could barely straighten my elbow by the end of the weekend. So I've kind of had some like, just, it's kind of been a weird up and down sort of career, I guess. You mean you've been an athlete? (laughs) I've been an athlete. Yeah, I guess that's normal. I mean, injuries are a part of the sport. So yeah. We just saw another athlete go down from a rope injury. I'm thinking off the top of my head, Rich Froning, you, Scott Pancheck. We haven't figured out this rope at the bottom of the, the climb thing yet. I think like all gyms, everything, like there just needs to be no hanging rope because it's just so dangerous, especially when you're moving so fast in a workout, you're not thinking about that rope hanging on the floor. And now like we've come to the point where we can just like slide down the rope and like jump really fast. And you just don't want those wasted seconds to like think about where's my foot landing. So yeah, I'm really bummed out for Scott Pancheck. That's super bummer. Okay, how did you end up moving to Iceland from San Diego. I mean, you're like a, you're a California kid. You moved to Iceland. What is that like? And you change coaches, you have a new team, you're in a new culture, you're eating like dried fish between deadlift sets. Like things are really different there. What's that like? How'd you get there? 
So funny thing, it was I was planning to go individual this year. That was the whole goal. And I actually switched over to trading Think Tank at the beginning of the season, started working with Max El Hodge and I started working with Perrin and they were amazing. And my plan was to make it back to the games as an individual. And they were helping me recover back from my elbow surgery. And I was definitely on the right trajectory with everything. But then Annie ended up reaching out to me, I think it was around November, and she sent me an Instagram message and asked if I wanted to do a girls team at Wadapalooza. And I was like, shoot, this would be really fun. I really want to do this. But I was just hanging off a pull-up bar in November, and I had done no chest bars, no ring muscle-ups, nothing. And I was like, to Max, I was like, I really want to compete in this competition in January with Annie. And he was like, that sounds really stupid. Like, you're not going to go from doing, hanging off the pull-up bar to 150. 50 plus chest bars come January. So I told Annie, I was like, Hey, I'm not ready for what a Palooza. Like I can't do it. And she's like, well, don't worry. There'll be other times we can compete on a team together. And I was like, when are there going to be other times we're going to compete on a team together? And then she ended up messaging me back and was like, Hey, do you want to do a team for the CrossFit games on Instagram? She sent me this message and I was like, did she really just send me an Instagram message asking me if I wanted to do a team for the CrossFit games? (laughs) Do you you, you want to uproot your whole life? DM. That's the greatest DM DM ever. The greatest DM ever. And I was just like, Hey, we need to hop on a call and like, actually like talk if you're serious (laughs) about this and logistics and stuff and ended up getting on a phone with her. She asked me to move to Iceland. She told me she's been wanting to do team for years. She just feels like this is a really good year for her to do team. She really wants to do it. And she just needs to put together the team. I was the first person she had reached out to. There was no guys on the team. And she had just wanted to hear like what my thoughts were. And I was like, well, this sounds really fun. And I think ever since I started like dating Rasmus, he's very adventurous. And he does stuff like this. Like I ended up moving to Dubai because of him. And then I was like, well, this sounds like a crazy opportunity. When am I ever going to live in Iceland to like train for CrossFit and also get the opportunity to like train with Annie and see why she's been like so good for so long. I was like, this sounds like very fun. And so I ended up getting back to Annie and was like, yeah, I'll do it. Like as long as like we can figure out apartment and all of that. And then I ended up moving to Iceland and now I've been there since January. That's amazing. And what have you learned? What what yeah, I mean, is different what is, about? I mean, what is the secret? I mean, you said you're like. What is the of, secret of Annie? So there are a lot of superstars that come out it. of the north. Like you know, yeah. are you a transplant? Do they even recognize you with your dark hair? People speak to me in Icelandic. So like, I go to the grocery store. They start <laughs> talking to me in Icelandic, and I'm like English, and I start talking <laughs> to them back in English. Secret with Annie. What is a secret? Well, she's really serious. She has no fun in training. No, I'm kidding. That's not how it is at all. Annie is like one of the most fun people. I love training with her. And I was really nervous, like moving to Iceland. And I've heard like, obviously, it's very dark during the winter. It's cold. I was like, maybe I'm going to get lonely. All we're going to do is do like just be focused on training. Annie's going to be so strict with her like nutrition. We're not going to like have it's just going to be like it's going to feel maybe like more of work and a job. And that's what like a lot of people were like telling me. And I was just like, I don't know. I just feel like there's more to it, more to this story than like what people think and moved to Iceland. It's been far from that. Like Annie is so much fun. She was disappointed with me when I told her I hadn't had like ice cream yet in Iceland. She was like, Lauren, you, I'm disappointed in you. You need to go get ice cream on Saturday because I hadn't had like ice cream yet. And that's, she loves her cheat day Saturdays. She's like so much fun. She's like a normal, like just like any other normal person. And I just think from the outside looking in, you think, wow, Annie Thor's daughter, she's like one of the best in this sport. And I just, I have had a blast training with her. Let me ask you this. Her partnership with Yami Tikkanen, who is again, full transparency, one of my besties and who's been on this podcast. We've worked together for a long time. They have one of the most I would say storied athlete coach relationship partnerships. And I, I think about the dyads of Harry Mara and, and in track and field with his, you know, um, decathletes. I mean, really it's a remarkable partnership. What is that like to kind of live that partnership firsthand? And what have you noticed about changes in your own training? Because you, you're not unsuccessful yourself. And so dropping in and speaking a whole different language and getting spun up on a whole different training methodology, that must have been a shock. 
Yami is like second to none. He is amazing and he's so smart. And I just love how passionate he is about coaching. I mean, he's been doing this for a long time. And you, I mean, you can see just between Annie and them, like, it's easy for Annie to be like, hey, Yami, I don't like this or like this isn't working. And Yami will figure out how to fix it. And I just love how hands on he is with all of us. Like it's not just with Annie and with BK, BKG, because they've been here for a while. Like he's working with every single one of us, with me, Tola, Khan, Kat. Like he's there every single day. And what I love is it's not just like he's there for our lifting sessions and there for like gymnastics. He's there during our cardio sessions. When we're running on an assault runner for like 7,000 meters, Yami is right there with you the whole time, like telling you to focus on your breath, like giving words of positivity, maybe yelling at you like, Lauren, you're not going to slow down here. Like you got this. That's what makes an elite athlete. And that for me has been, for me, I've always struggled with like cardio and conditioning. But when I have my coach there, when he's like believing in me more than I believe in myself, like that's what makes a difference. And I think like, I'm just like so excited for where the whole team is going to be in August because having Yami coaching us and also Frederick's been amazing too. Like having those two, like, I think it's just like, it really is second to none. Like I said, I, I love yeah. that you brought up Frederick. Thank you. Who is yeah. an elite athlete in, in, in his in, own right and actual yeah. professional yeah. sports not just cross but now now he's an og i always think of him as like a kid but he's, he's not a, a kid he's, a he's an og when he was saying he's an og our, now at our house he was a child yeah it's true it's true <laughs> okay so kelly will be annoyed that i ask you this question but i like it and i think people like it and that is <laughs> kelly is gonna say is gonna hate things that people like go ahead jay yes exactly can you give us a day in the life of training in iceland with the team like start to finish like what do you do what do the workouts look and like? I want like to know the us, strange things that you eat. Give us a day in a life and like, are you, your, what your, are you eating? Has your nutrition um, changed? Yeah, like just give us a day in the life because I know people really would love to have like a sort of peek in the door of have what it looks like. Have you eaten whale meat yet? No, I just got asked this question yesterday too and I haven't eaten whale meat yet, but I feel like I need to try it to just say I've done it. <laughs> day in the life of living in Iceland. All right, well, usually I get up around like 7, 7.30 and then I make breakfast in the morning. I have the same breakfast I've been doing for like six or eight years. I have like two eggs, two egg whites, and I have oatmeal with berries in it, maybe a little drizzle of maple syrup. I'm really sad though, because I love the Trader Joe's breakfast sausage in America, but obviously Iceland doesn't have the Trader Joe's breakfast sausage. So usually I would do that with my breakfast, but they don't have that. You can't really carry that in your luggage when you go back. Yeah. No. So I usually do like the eggs with veggies in the morning. And then I also have momentous collagen protein with my electrolytes in the morning. And then I'll do green tea. So everyone knows that I'm not a coffee girl. I drink tea in the morning, which is really funny, but it just like, it tastes good. I love it. And then I go to train in the morning. Maybe it really depends. Usually we do lifting in the morning. So depends what lifting we're doing, maybe like snatch or back squat. And then we do accessory work. And then usually we just like, so what I love about Yami is like everything is so focused with our training. Like if we're going to lift, usually that's all we're doing. We're just doing lifting and accessory work. So we're not doing a workout in the morning because like he wants all the emphasis to be on the lifting and to focus on that. So maybe in the morning we're just doing lifting and accessory. And let me jump in that you guys posted, I believe, the highest total in snatch of all the teams. Is that correct? We won the total by all the teams so far that have competed by 25 pounds. Yeah. So maybe something is working. Okay, keep going. Sorry. It is working. Also, Tola's really strong. He snaps like <laughs> 140 kilos, just like so easy. Like it was like so inspiring to watch. Trust us. It's annoying to watch. It's yeah, it's annoying. It's like, why do you have to make everything look so easy when you lift? Um, but then anyways, um, usually then I'll have like recovery protein after my workout and then I'll go home and then maybe I might. Do you take a nap? It really depends how I'm feeling. Sometimes I'll take a nap if I'm like really tired. It usually depends. If we have like conditioning in the morning, I might end up going home and taking a nap. But if we just do lifting, then I go home and work on grown strong a little bit. I also do some of my like own social media and then I'll make lunch. But thankfully, we also have had a food prep company making some meals for us. So I've just been like eating those as well in between sessions. So I don't have to make lunch. And then I get ready. Like I make like another tea. I have like matcha tea in the afternoon with a little bit of caffeine. 
And then I go to the gym and maybe we'll just have like a conditioning workout, like a nasty, just like yummy workout that literally leaves us all on the floor, questioning life, maybe sometimes me in tears. That sounds right. That sounds right. He's a savage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then literally, and then go stretch after. So then we'll all like maybe hang out on the stretching. We'll talk about our workout, like what went well, like what could have been better and stretch a little bit. By the time I go home, maybe it's like 435. I've actually been like maybe saunaing and cold plunging after my workout uh, when I was leading into semifinals. So it really depends. Some days I'll also go in the hot tub at CrossFit Reykjavik, which is nice because they have a hot tub at the gym. They also have a cold plunge tank and a sauna, which is super nice. So depends how I'm feeling, but maybe I'll do some recovery, go home, eat again. Maybe I'll watch a show while I'm eating because I'm like really tired at that point and I need like an hour to just like decompress. And then I'll make some more food because then I eat again and then maybe I'll work a little bit (laughs) and then maybe I might have another snack if I'm still hungry. So there's a lot of eating involved in my in my day. And then I usually like to decompress and like read a book. I also make sure to do like my breathing at night and then go to bed and repeat. What time do you go to bed and how many hours of sleep do you get? I try to get to bed before 10 because apparently if you get to bed before 10, you get more deep sleep at night. And I try to aim for around like nine to 10 hours of sleep a night. Do you track your sleep? I track like my biometrics. So like HRV recovery. So that's one thing too. Yami's looking at like our HRV and recovery. Cause like if we're constantly in the red, he's not going to keep like pushing us with our training. He's going to maybe like deload a little bit or like taper or just see like, Hey, what's going on? Like, what do we need to fix with the training? So uh, we are all tracking like our recovery and sleep and stuff. Do you notice that you guys all like, let's say you get a red, do you notice everybody else on the team is also getting a red? Like, are you guys tracking each other in that way? Like certain training blocks really blow you guys all out. So your HRV is low or is it like, is it all over? Like Annie will have a green, you'll have a red. Is it? It's all over the place, but we can all see what we're getting. And usually it might be Lauren in the red and everyone else like in the yellow. (laughs) I don't know why thing where we're working out I'm just like what is up with my it's crazy because when I'm resting and like not really doing much training I'm always in the green and it keeps going higher and higher but then all of a sudden it's like I was literally in the green leading into semifinals because we had taper and everything and then all of a sudden at Friday I was like in the after Friday I was in the red and I was like geez I didn't feel like we just did two workouts yesterday like why am I already in the red but yeah we're all over the place. Like, it's really hard to predict. Like some days Annie might be in the red and I'll be in the green and she might come in like sick that day. Not sick, but like she's not feeling super well. Yami has been tracking recovery metrics, biometrics for as long as I've known him. He was the first person on some of this early tech. You know, he was actually even a tester with some of these companies. He had, you know, iPads dedicated to these things. He would track a lot of athletes. Has that always been part of your process? And do you find it useful information to know sort of what's going on under the hood for you personally? Usually I will like track for maybe like a month and then I'll just be like, I forget to charge it. And then I take it off and then I don't wear it at all. I feel like this is the first time I've actually like stuck with something. And I think because like Yami's like pushing for all like to see where we're at with our recovery and it makes a difference in our training. So I'm actually like sticking with it. And it's actually the same thing with me writing my results in my program. I'm usually like (laughs) really bad at it, but Yami's so on top of it. He's like Saturday after training, he'll be like, hey team, just a reminder to upload your results into your training log. Like make sure to get it uploaded by tomorrow. And I'm like, shoot, I haven't uploaded for like three days. And then I'm like really bad at it. So I'm trying to like be better about uploading my results like right after the training session. Otherwise I forget. And then Yami also made me because he noticed when we're doing team workouts, no one uploads like the team time into the workout spreadsheet. And Yami was like, how am I supposed to look back if we've done a workout before and I want to see your time? And if we redo it, it's not in there. So he's like, someone on the team needs to upload the results. So he made me the person to do that. And of course, then I forget like one week and I'm like, I wanted to go in the whole spreadsheet and be like, I'm sorry, Yami. Sorry, Yami, I messed up. But then I didn't do that. I just like told him at training. We've seen the professionalization (laughs) of the CrossFit athlete. And I have 
openly said it. I don't think there are a group of athletes that train harder, are more dedicated, more disciplined. There's zero error. There, it's very difficult to compare being a full-time CrossFit athlete at the elite level to almost any other sport. It's as difficult and degree of difficulty in terms of skills and load on the body managing. Do you feel like there is a culture now where there is a sort of emphasis on recovery and that there's pressure to make sure that you are actually handling your business in the evening and sleeping and eating enough? Cause I, it sounds like maybe one thing that you're doing that was working for you is you're eating a lot more and you're really focusing on sleep. Do you feel like in this shared environment of being able to track all these things that there's more peer pressure to really make sure that you're not going out and drinking and it's not that you would do that or, or staying up late or binging. Does that make sense? Are you, are you feeling that like, that's a, a key element. I think being on the team, you don't want to be like the weakest link on the mm. team. And I actually think we've been a really good influence for someone like Khan on our team, who usually every Saturday after training, he'd go out with in Australia with his friends and drink like 10 beers after training on a casual like Saturday. But it's like, Annie will be like, you had a beer on Wednesday. Why are you drinking one beer? And Khan will be like, well, I just like, like the way it tastes. <laughs> but Annie will just be like, why are you drinking that? So it's just like, we're all like on top of each other. Like, for example, just Annie will say something funny. It's like, why are you eating ice cream on a Thursday? It's not Saturday. Like one of the first things she said to us was like, so there's a really good bakery next to the gym. Don't mess with the queen. Yeah, don't mess with the queen. There's a really good bakery next to the gym and they make homemade fresh cinnamon rolls. And she's like, cinnamon rolls only on Saturday. So it's just like that like stuck with us. All right, we can only have cinnamon rolls on Saturday. But I think just honestly, being on the team, like for example, I know uh, like one day Yami made like an optional swim workout. And it's just like when one person goes to swim, it's just like, well, you went to swim now, like I need to go swim. So it's just like, we all just kind of like push each other to be better. And maybe if someone's like feeling like a little bit tired, but it's like, well, I did not want to miss out on my running session. I just know this is like my weakest thing. Like I need to do my running. Like, it's just like, we're all kind of like lifting each other up. That is fantastic. I love that. I, lo I love that he puts in an optional workout. I'm like, there's no way that is optional. Like <laughs> if one person does it, it's easy. And to I, be love, I love cinnamon, I love cinnamon roll Saturday, yeah. uh, especially a fresh baked cinnamon roll in, in Iceland. In that Iceland. sounds amazing. That's bananas. Okay. One of the things that happens a lot is that just being a full-time athlete is all consuming. It really is. And managing social media on top of that and keeping your sponsors happy and being a human being and having relationships doesn't oftentimes lead or leave enough time to expand or to try to make a change. We've seen people like Kate Courtney, who we've had on here suddenly is she's created a scholarship program for her athletes, for high school athletes to try to get them and continue mountain biking. You have done the same thing, sort of all of a sudden having a little bit more capacity, being mature enough or time enough or hold enough. And you have started a pretty cool program called Grown Strong. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So I started Grown Strong back in 2014, just like as like a signature t-shirt, like I launched it and it had Grown Strong in the back of the t-shirt. And it was something I started on Instagram. I started hashtagging Grown Strong because it was inspired through my own journey. I grew up with three older brothers and like, as you can imagine, nothing was ever easy. They constantly pushed me around. And one of the- And they're good athletes too. They're good athletes too. Like I would literally go out and play like basketball with my brothers, like outside in the backyard. And they just like push me into the bushes. And then I'd like come inside to my mom and I'd be crying and I'd be like, mom, they pushed me in the bushes. And she'd just be like, well, you can either <laughs> keep crying and stay in here with me or you can wipe your tears away and go back and play out with them. So I'd like wipe my tears away and I'd go back and play out with them. And that's kind of like where the whole message of like grown strong came about. And I just want to inspire other women that, hey, you too, like no matter what you're going through in life, you can be grown strong. And so it first started as apparel. And then over the years, we've kind of branched into what I know best and that's fitness. And I feel like so many women still struggle with their body image. They struggle with looking too muscular. They struggle not fitting in. And I feel like Grown Strong is a safe place for women to feel vulnerable, to share those secrets, to talk with other women who are going through, through certain things and to find strength through fitness. And that's like what Grown Strong is all about. I love it. And people would find that where? 
grownstrong.com. We are going to be coming out with an app in the app store very soon, hopefully. And we offer five different fitness programs based on your time and your equipment level. And yeah, so you can find it at grownstrong.com. And we also have an Instagram at grownstrong or Facebook. It's interesting you say the whole bulky thing because I just posted a little thing on my Instagram about it this week. Which I don't know why, because you wish you were bulky. Well, I know, but Kelly doesn't get it. You know, what I was trying to explain to him is over the years, there's been so many women. In my case, you know, now I mostly hang out with like middle-aged moms, but who I think intellectually know that it's probably really good for them to lift a weight, but they're just so afraid of becoming bulky. From going from a size zero to a size two. Yeah, it's still this very pervasive thing. And and especially if you kind of step in, in CrossFit, obviously, if you live largely in a CrossFit community, it's people are excited about bulky women. No, no, no. They're, they're not bulky women. Well, but you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? But, you know, you step out of that community a little bit and there still is so much sort of fear. And I don't know. I just, I wonder if you see that with your program and if you're trying to figure out ways to sort of say, hey, first of all, you know, you're a competitive CrossFit athlete. Like, good luck, all these, you know, middle-aged women getting bulky is what I say. But what's your feeling? I think so many women, for example, get intimidated by CrossFit. And that's one thing, like, I think a lot of women feel like, oh, if I do CrossFit, I'm going to get bulky. Or if I lift weights, like I'm going to get bulky. And I think that's one thing with our program. It's like, hey, you're not going to get bulky by lifting weights. I think a lot of women think like the easiest way to kind of, they want to lose weight or they want to lose that belly fat. They think, oh, I need to run. I need to run on the treadmill more. I need to run outside or I need to do more cardio. But it's like, hey, no, that's actually the opposite. You need to lift weights to like build that lean muscle to like lose that body fat. And it actually is going to make you look more toned, not bulky. And you're going to like get those like nice looking shoulders that you want to get or those like abs that you want to get. And I think it's just so easy to be intimidated and think, oh, so-and-so lifts weights on Instagram and she's super big and she's super bulky. So I'm going to look that way. It's like, hey, no, we are all made like differently, different like body image, different body type. Your body's going to react differently. It's also, how's your nutrition? Like, what are you eating? Like, there's so much that <laughs> what goes- What are you in- drinking? Yeah, what are you drinking? There's so much that goes into it. And it's just like, cool to see when there's girls inside of our community, like asking those type of questions. And we have our in-house nutritionist, Jen, who's like so amazing. And she'll get back with like, literally like five points, like this, this, and this. And they'll be like, wow, I never thought of that. And it's like, yeah, there's so many different things to think about that. Like you just don't know. And I think that's one thing that like our program helps with. It's so awesome. How do you find the time to do all this you know, now that we heard a day in the life, like where, where are you fitting that in? Obviously on the periphery of training, but how do you make it all work? I'm super lucky to have my fiance Rasmus running grown strong behind the scenes. So we actually have our own headquarters space in San Diego and we have a team who's making all the amazingness happen happening. And I get to train and just like spread the word about grown strong and the team is making everything happen. So honestly would not be able to do it without like Ras and the team. I said recently behind every strong woman is a strong man. And people didn't realize that I was totally kidding. <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm happy. Juliet, you are the strong woman. I'm Juliet w- Wiscom Starrett, support staff, and happy to be there. Perfect. Thanks. You know, Thanks. We, we ran a gym, owned a little gym for 16 years called San Francisco CrossFit. And for a decade and a half, people would come in and be like, I'm really worried about getting strong or big. And what we would always say, and I, I just figured this out very early, and I was like, well, when you start getting too big, let me know and we'll change your programming. And that was just all people need. They just need permission to be worried. And of course they get a pull up and I'd be like, Ooh, your lats are so jacked now. You did one pull up. <laughs> it just <laughs> never happened. You know, yeah. and one of my favorite athletes around this is Kara Saunders, who is just such an incredible human. And, you know, she is on the stronger side of athletic women in this sport, but she puts up pictures of herself as a kid and she's been jacked. And she had quads her whole life. Yeah. Like she's a it's tiny true. baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You see her like beach photos in Australia <laughs> as a like, kid. And you're like, wow, you had jacked quads. As and a I try to kid. remind people like if you haven't always been jacked, good luck getting jacked when you're 40. I mean, really, it just doesn't yeah. happen. It doesn't work that way. I don't know what people think it works, but sign me up. I want to take the thing that makes me jacked and bulky. Okay. So we are recording this like right in the middle of the CrossFit game season. 
Can you tell us where you guys are in that process and what's next? What's upcoming from a schedule and competition standpoint? So we just competed in Amsterdam at the CrossFit Lowlands Throwdown and we won last weekend, um, and Woo. which is exciting. So now I'm just having a week in San Diego, uh, just getting some like sunshine recovery. And then once I get back, games training is going to start. And I'm super excited, a little bit scared and nervous because I'm like, semis training was tough. Like, how is games training going to be? But yeah, we're lucky to be in the first semifinals. So now we have pretty much like, I think a little bit more than eight weeks till August to kind of progress and keep like reaching where we need to be. And then we'll compete in Madison come beginning of August for the CrossFit Games. Who do you think is your biggest competition? Because it is fierce. Definitely Mayhem. I mean, they're like the reigning champs. Everyone just talks about Mayhem. And obviously, I mean, Rich and his team, they're very good. The women on there, they're very strong. And it's going to be fun. Like, I honestly, I prefer the challenge. Like, I prefer it to not be easy. And I think for us, like, we all, like, want that. And I think it's going to be really fun to go up against them. Fantastic. Uh, when do you head back to Iceland? Uh, next Tuesday. And what are you most missing from Iceland? What am I most missing from Iceland? Mexican food. That's an easy question. <laughs> I've like had my fair share of Mexican food. You know, I went to this place in Iceland. They were like, this is the best Mexican food in Iceland. And I went there and I'm sorry. It's just, it was just like average. It's not like the best Mexican food. Obviously I'm half Mexican. So my mom will make like homemade Mexican food, like homemade guac tacos. She makes homemade tortillas and all of that is so good. So like for me, I love being home because my mom spoils me. And then also, I mean, we live right next to the border here in San Diego. So if I wanted to, I could go across to Mexico and get the best Mexican. I smell another and don't business forget, opportunity. Don't forget the Trader Joe's <laughs> breakfast sausages. I feel like I need yeah. to go get some of those right now because I've had them, but I need to go buy some. The chicken breakfast sausage. You cook it on a little cast iron pan with some eggs. I don't know. I just love them. I've had them for years. Pro, Pro tip. tip. We're, we're going to go get some. Lauren yeah. Fisher, where where you told us about where you were on the TikTok. You told us where uh, about Grown Strong. Where can we follow you and see your exploits? Because... Personally, it's really fun to watch an American abroad. I think it's so fun that you get to compete in Amsterdam. You're living in Iceland. I think a lot of us have a dream of picking up our lives and having a completely strange experience. Where can we follow your shenanigans? Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram at Lauren Fisher. I also have my own website, lauren-fisher.com. So you can basically see where I'm at on any social media platform. I'm on YouTube. I'm actually going to be coming out with a few little touristy videos in Iceland, some things that we've done. So those will be fun to watch. Like I vlog more on my YouTube channel, going to come out date of my eating on there. Um, so yeah, at Lauren Fisher, lauren-fisher.com and at Grown Strong grownstrong.com for my business. Last question. Who is goofier, Annie or Katrin? <laughs> That's a tough <laughs> question. They're both goofy. I love it. I can't pick one. <laughs> that was a smart call. Smart call. Yeah. Lauren yeah. Fisher, thank you so much for thank joining us. Thank you so us. much for being here. Such it's a so pleasure. Fun. It's so nice to, hear to see you. What you're doing in um, serious, we massive luck at the games. Of course, we will be rooting for you guys from San Francisco. And I'll just say, lastly, I know Yami is a slacker, so thanks for making him look good. I've been hoping that someone would come along and make that guy look good finally. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for listening to the Ready State Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, check out all our episodes here or at thereadystate.com. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes to help others find our show. Check us out and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Ready State. Until next time, cheers, everyone. You got it. You better stop it.